You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast, but before we get to the podcast, you know what you got to do. You got to hit me up on all those social media outlets. If you could go to Twitter at TNWPod, give us a follow. If you can go to Instagram, uh, Talking Wrestling Podcast on the Instagram, at Talking Wrestling Pod, no, pod, Talking Wrestling Podcast at Instagram.com. T A L K N W R E S T L I N G. Talking Wrestling. Just like Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. But it's Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. That's how we do it. Uh, Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling. Um, we are also on, uh, Spotify at Talkin' Wrestling. You can find us in the podcast and, uh, category. Uh, so check us out there. Uh, if you're on Apple Music or iTunes or anything like that, check us out there. We are all over the Apple stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, give us a five-star rating and a favorable review. And we will send you a postcard, uh, from 1984. Not we're not going back into DeLorean to nineteen eighty four to get you a postcard and send it from there and then travel back. No. We have the postcard book. We have the postcards. Many postcards are available. And we will send you a postcard for a five star review and favorable uh, note. And uh also uh hit us up at talkingwrestling at gmail dot com. If you do the five star thing then send us an email and give us a heads up that this is coming so we can check the uh, the comment section and we can read the comment online and then we can get your address off you and we can send you the postcard. So that's how that works. Um, yeah, how you doing? How are things? What are you watching? A lot of wrestling going on right now. Uh, a lot of wrestling going on right now. We've got the uh, got Ring of Honor's got a tournament going on. we got Impact's going on. we got uh, New Japan has just started uh, their Climax, uh, their G1 tournament. Uh, WWE has uh, got a fight club in the basement, and they got a lot going on up top. Um, NXT has been uh, pretty sweet as of late as well. Uh, and AEW is doing its own thing, having um, Champagne and Mimosa, the Orange Cassidy Chris Jericho match, uh, was just lovely. As as was I was happy with All Out. I don't know if you are, but uh, I was. Uh, we discussed it on the show already, so no need to retreat to uh, reprive all that. Uh, today on the show, today's guest, a uh, very funny comedian, who's been on the show before. He's an alternative comedian. He is a song singer, a singer of songs, dirty songs. 
very alternative act, but very, very, very funny nonetheless. And a huge uh, fan of wrestling, uh, especially uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So today uh, we're going to focus on uh, the New Japan Tournament. And uh, Terry Clement will be joining me on the podcast. And uh, I was going to say a little bit more stuff, but why don't we get to it right now? Get to the milk and the cookies because it's delicious and that's what you kids want. So, folks, uh, with me right now, uh, well, I'm just going to throw it to me who has Terry Clement in studio. So, Casey Corbin, take it away. All right, folks, with me in this time in studio, not really in a studio in his own house, more than six feet apart, a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show. Uh, he's been on before. And he's on it again. Please welcome back to the show, comedian and, I dare I say, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling enthusiast, Terry Clement. How are you doing, Terry? I'm doing wonderful, Casey. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> yes, thanks. It How was, are you doing? I'm doing great. I, uh, I love any time somebody sends me an email saying, Hey, are you watching G1? It's already going on. And I was like, well, I'm not going to have a good wrestling conversation with you online. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save it for the show, you know. So uh, I'm glad to have you here. And, uh, yeah, and uh, but there's so much to talk about with the G1. But, unfortunately, before we get to the G1, uh, sad news. Um mm -hmm. Road Warrior Animal will be joining Hawk uh, up above or down below. We don't know where they are, but the Road <laughs> Warriors are reunited. Um, yeah, uh, Road Warrior Animal, John, uh, is it, it is John, right? Who, is it John Laurentitis? Or... Yeah, I thought it was John. I thought it was John. Who's the other Laurentitis? The other, <laughs> the people That's... person. He's more, yeah, he's more personable looking. Yeah, but which, than, uh, but that's also, but that's that's John, like that's Animal's brother, right? Right. Yeah. So, but Animal is a one half of the Road Warriors. Um, he is uh, also one of the creators of Zubaz, um, which my life would I cannot even imagine my life without Zubaz. Uh, <laughs> my prom date had to talk me out of wearing Zubaz to the prom. And I wanted to wear it so badly. Uh, yeah, so so uh, Animal and Hawk, uh, the Road Warriors, probably the most dominant and the most over-tag team. Despite not being faces or not being heels, they're just in this gray area. And they came in and beat the shit out of everyone. Um, they were over wherever they went. And uh, probably... Well, not like definitely. I well, for me, if you're gonna put the tag team Mount Rushmore, uh, mm -hmm. they're they're on there. They're on the corner. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, for sure, for sure. Look how much. Uh, for instance, Demolition, uh, right? Uh, Blade Runners. Yeah. You know, like that was Blade, most people don't even remember Blade Runners, which was of course Ultimate Warrior and Sting. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, all these things are, like, very derivative of oh, don't, Road Warriors. Don't, and don't even stop there. Let's go Powers of Pain. Uh, <laughs> let's go uh, the Thrashers. Yep. Accent, I mean, the Thrashers, Mosh and uh, 
like the the, yep. the headbangers, yeah, the headbangers, the yep. those guys, they were just because they wore skirts, but the makeup was very Road Warriors. Um, there was uh, who else? Of course, Demolition, uh, as we already mentioned, but like yep. probably the Road Warriors are probably the the most imitated tag team of all time. I would say. Oh yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely one of the uh, like. I guess we call it, what would you say an archetype? They're definitely one of the types of tag teams that you see, and it always works. There's always going to be a tag team similar to the like right now, like you know, even Viking Raiders. You, you can even look at them. One hundred percent Road Warriors. Yeah, there's a similarity there, and I think it, it works every single time because it, sometimes something is just good. <laughs> it always works, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of other tag teams too, like even tag teams that did not wear makeup or, okay. Or, or even the ultimate warrior, any warrior, uh, the yeah. ultimate warrior is, 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 is from the road warriors spawned by it. Uh, but like the, um, like that's the skyscrapers when, uh, yeah. Sid Vicious and Mark Calloway or then Raider Danny Spivey and Mark Calloway, it, the idea of having two giants, that don't sell, that are just there to beat you down, that are in- invincible. That's the Road Warriors. Like, you know, and um, I remember the first time I saw them was I used to watch French wrestling uh, out of Montreal. And uh, they would come in and wrestle with uh, the Long Riders uh, and feud with them, as well as the Rougeos. And they would take out uh, other people as well. And then I would see them in the AWA, and I, I even to this day, like last month, I watched the Fabulous Ones versus the Road Warriors and talked about it on the show because I'm like, this shouldn't even be a match. The bouncers don't fight the bartenders. I mean, I mean, like the bouncers don't fight the strippers. You know what I mean? Like the Fabulous yeah. Ones are Chippendales, and the Road Warriors are the bouncers at the Chippendales. Like it's not that's not the way it works, you know. The bouncers would win every time, although the Chippendales always look ripped and better. Um, so so, anyways, uh, I just I just think it's great, and I know um, I I think it's sad that they're that he's gone. I think it's I think whoever was betting on draws on being the last member uh, alive, uh, congratulations, pick up your winnings. Um, yeah. But it's unfortunate, and if you have the Road Warrior DVD, uh, the two DVD with um, the WWE put out years ago, it's fantastic. It's got a fantastic collection of matches uh, of them from everywhere, from NWA, AWA, WWE. Personally, I think the WWE is their worst work. Um, not, <laughs> I think their WWE, they came in and they had some good matches with Demolition, but I never even thought Demolition was on their level. Um, and for them, and then the, the Jocko and, uh, they never, they never, (laughs) because it's not Vince's toy, you know, they don't get a fair shot and, and, and Vince ruined the, well, he wouldn't even call it. Thank God. He never referred to them as the road warriors. They were always the Legion of doom. Cause that's well, it's kind of sad. If they if, if they come in as the Road Warriors and then just mopped up, like even Demolition, just come in, kill Demolition, say like, look it, <laughs> this is the real thing. Oh yeah, and it's so exciting. Like 
the way they presented, I always think about how they presented Ric Flair when he came. It was like they presented him as a legit fucking threat to to Hogan. Oh, like yeah. here, you know, on the front of the cover of the magazine, there's, you know, a picture of Ric Flair and it says, you know, Hulkamania's worst nightmare. Like they were presenting him as a real like road warriors. You could do exactly the same thing with them and make them just completely kill everybody. But, yeah. you know, it just it was cheapened. And it always you're saying that they happens time and time again. It didn't seem to happen so much with Flair. But anytime somebody came from WCW or whatever, it's like if it's not a Vince creation, he just seems to be weird about them. Yeah. And you get sad. It's like it's sad to watch. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sad because you know how good these fucking guys are. Some of them. Ah. Yeah, it is. It is true. And I, and it, and, it, and you know, 100%. Like, you know, and when he brought in Flair, there was like, he was the real world champion. And you're like, yeah. and if you know nothing about WCW or, or NWA, you are like, who is this guy? What is going on? Um, like all I like I was waiting like when Ric Flair came to the WCW I mean came to the WWE, I was so happy because I used to have to watch Ric Flair wrestle on tapes uh that I'd read yes, from the movie yes, store because we didn't get WCW then. Eventually my parents would get a black box and uh we would have TBS. So I would watch mm-hmm. Saturday night, but Saturday night is not, you know, that's not as good as Saturday night's main event. It's just like, it's just their show. And, um, you know, but to see Ric Flair in the WWE and to come in this way and they're just letting him be Ric Flair, you know, like they let Kerry Von Erich be Kerry Von Erich, but they didn't mention his past really. They just called him the Texas Tornado Kerry Von Erich, but they really branded him with that Texas Tornado. You know, um, yeah. and that's Vince the way Vince does things. Like Vince used to say, Roddy Piper always said that Vince would never call him Roddy. He would always call him Hot Rod because that's what he <laughs> named him. <laughs> what a dork! I know. What a dork! But you know something about the Flair. One more thing about Flair. I think when he came in is this is probably my favorite memory as a kid of watching wrestling. Was and I don't, I you know, I wasn't that much of a kid. I was definitely a, a, a teenager by this point. But um, it was the Royal Rumble that Flair wins when he comes in third. Yes. And I, I was watching that with my mom, and now I was already a, like you know very much a, a Flair fan. She couldn't, she'd only seen him a couple times, couldn't stand him. So when he came in third. She now is just, she's howling because she's like, aha, he is dead. You know, he's not going to last. But I already know, of course, that they called him the 60-minute man and all this. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a perfect way. If he can last the whole rumble, they can call him the 60-minute man again and do all this stuff. But I I was just kind of laying low. And what I loved about it was that by the end of that match, she had changed her opinion and she loved Flair. And that's like in one match I watched because uh, my mom was a pretty big wrestling fan. Yeah. So I watched her actually change her opinion, but she was a WWE fan or a WWF fan at the time. Oh, yeah. We didn't have NWA, AWA access, none of that stuff. So just uh, she wouldn't have known Flair from a hole in the ground. So wh- that one match turned her into a fan. And that's like, you know, if you can, there's very few matches that do things. That match is just so goddamn good. It's great. 
Oh, and it's not great. only not only that, it's like whether they did it on purpose or not, like whenever someone would come in to the ring with Flair, um, it would be like it would be special because a lot of people that were in that match had a history with Ric Flair. So all of a sudden mm-hmm. he looks down the ring and Greg the Hammer Valentine's coming out. Yeah, that was and great. And, and, you know, I've always looked at Greg the Hammer Valentine as the WWE version of Ric Flair. You know, here's yeah. the guy who is the, working the exact same gimmick, the long blonde hair, the same robes, the same move set, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then the connection with Flair to Greg's dad that they were in an airplane crash together. Yeah, it it's kind of crazy. So Ric Flair has knowing Greg Valentine his entire life, and yet here and now Ric Flair's there, and Greg Valentine's like, well, fuck, we can't have two guys the exact same. <laughs> so uh, here they go, and uh, and and it's fantastic. And then. All of a sudden, that would stop, and then the next guy would come in, and it would be, you know, um, somebody from the pa- from his past, you know, uh, and it was just fantastic, and it was like one wrestler after another wrestler after well, another wrestler. A great moment where he he clear he actually clears the ring, and he's by himself for a couple seconds, and then the the horn goes off, and there comes Roddy Piper, and he's bagging yes. in the middle of the ring, like it was it was. Uh, Whatever he was, he he was a magnificent wrestler. Now, Animal though, the more we talk, we should go to poor Animal. We're talking <laughs> about him and got distracted by Flair. But like, that's the thing is that, like you say, there's echoes of him. Like, okay, for instance, the Hurt business now that you have in WWE. Yes. Right. It was it from it seemed like from what I was reading behind the, the things on the net, they were saying they were going to try to make like a new nation of domination. That's what but it what seems it to be. Yeah. It kind of turned into, a, it looks, it looks and feels like a tougher four horsemen. They're dressed beautifully. They handle themselves with class when they come out now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this opportunity. And that was the thing where talk about combining all of, you could like, you've got people like Bobby Lashley in there, like. It, it just, I like you that, got Cedric and Ricochet as is, is yeah, Ricochet I mean, as well. Like those guys are, are are great, and then you have you know your your kind of your mentor with MVP. And, it's great, and uh, but it's confusing now. What's going on with like uh, like Raw this week? Did you watch Raw? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, I watched some of. I think I watched Raw. Yeah, no, the um, the 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 what are they called? The repetition? No, the uh, <laughs> yeah, repetition is a good one. Repetition good is what they work. are. Uh, the, the you know these guys, the guys in the in the black jogging suits. So they're they're now they've been coming in and messing up the show, and now they're on the show. Yeah, and, they got contracts. Yeah, they got contracts, which is weird because they were uh, against it. <laughs> I like, know they were they were doing an er, uh, retribution, and the, the whole thing is, and it never made sense because payback would have made sense to have some sort of storyline of payback with them there because payback is retribution, but they yeah. they they did they dropped the ball there. Then they got now it makes no sense. Nothing you know, and I don't even know who these people are, but they don't like. I thought maybe there might be a star there, but no. 
It's well, all one of them. What, one of them's Dominic Dodge, uh, Dajakovic, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's what I've. And then one of them is also what Mia Yim. And one is Bane. <laughs> it's like, and then their names are like Slapjack and like Slapjack <laughs> and Mace <laughs> and Pepper Spray. Is that one? Like it's they're like, all <laughs> things in a woman's purse. Like <laughs> yes, keys. Yeah. Yeah, rape whistle is uh, you know, rape whistle is one of the girls there. She's coming in now, and uh, you know, they're all that's just ridiculous. It's uh, yeah, it's and 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 they're not. I don't find them to be great. They're not great on the mic, and they're not great wrestlers. And uh, I don't understand where this storyline's going, but it uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It's WWE. You know, the other thing is that confuses me about right now is Keith Lee. I love Keith Lee, but I, I, his outfit. Yeah. It's like they can't figure out what they want to do with him. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Vince McMahon wants him to lose weight. That's I know. It. And it's like, come on, man. Who cares? He was like, in, he who was, cares? He That's... was fine in NXT when he didn't wear a shirt. And he just came he up and great. wrestled. Yep. And now yep. they're like, no. Ah, you can't sell a fat doll. You gotta have him. He's gotta look lean. You know, like it's it's all Vince is doing. Like it's stupid, and it's just like just let him be him. That's what he is. He's no gimmick needed. He's Keith Lee. You know, everybody likes the guy. Just let it go. Like if they just just keep their grind, <laughs> keep their hands off of him. Let him be himself. It was doing. We all liked it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Ugh. Why most of it? Horrible, uh, horrible. Uh, yeah, it's a, well WWE. They can't, you know, they get some things right, but then there's a lot of things that just can't get right. And um, and yeah, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I I still I'm I'm I watch more I watch more AEW. Yeah, let me try saying that again. I watch more mm-hmm. AEW than WWE these days. Um, yeah, it's it's more stomachable. Yeah, I just enjoy the the product more. I like what they're doing. I like how a storyline goes six months. You know, yeah. like they let it. They let a story develop. They let the story go through its actual, and then you know they end it, and then they move on to the next one, and it's. Uh, it's great, and they're making stars, which is something WWE does not do. Um, right. I it not... reminds me a little bit of like ECW days, where Terry Funk, like when Terry Funk was the kind of like the the big name dude, and he was putting over people and like getting yeah. really making stars for ECW. And now Jericho, he's the guy who's sitting there making people into like. And the stars left and right, man. And the thing is, is, is even though Jericho might be the age that Terry Funk was when he was doing that for ECW, he's mm-hmm. in way, he's just still, like, he's still at the top of his game. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. Like, when he left he the WWE, great. him and Kevin Owens were the best thing going on that whole, that whole year. They, that nine-month Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Festival of Friendship, best friends thing like that that all put jericho back at top at the top and made kevin owens at the same time and uh it's also why jericho left because there was they were supposed to main event wrestlemania which would have made sense 
And uh, and then on the pre-show or something? No, they were second match in, and they had like fifteen <laughs> minutes. And Jericho's like, "I'm out of here," you know. So yeah, yeah, that was. And then he went to Japan and and had all these great matches over there. And uh, with you know, he had oh my god, he went after Naito. Uh, he had uh, with he had uh, Okada, and then Omega, Omega as well. It started with Omega. And then he still wants to wrestle Tanahashi. I thought that yep. was going to happen. I thought, you know, there was some sort of way where Tanahashi was going to come to AEW or something like that. But who knows what's happening. But right now we have the New Japan uh, Climax, which is the, the the highlight of their season. I would say the Climax should be. Um, although the Tokyo Dome is a big deal um, at the start of the year. But uh, this is the Climax uh, G1 we're discussing, and uh, we're on night three, so we're not even we're not even in it. But and it's running late this year. Uh, everything's mm-hmm. changed due to COVID, but there are some changes that I'm happy with. Uh, how do you feel about uh, like first of all, they have an audience. They're 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 not that socially mm-hmm. distanced. But considering that Japanese people have been doing this kind of thing for a long, long time. I'm just going to assume they know what they're doing. Yeah, it seems like they haven't had any kind of like, you know, you keep hearing about outbreaks at the Performance Center and, you know, there was that other outbreak where there was 40 employees with WWE. But with, you know, the the worst thing, just a couple people so far from what I've heard from New Japan. So it seems to be a little bit better managed. But I like the new, the format this year, I guess, is the, the big change it would seem to me is the elimination of the preview tag team matches. But that's that you would always get. One, now, you're happy that they're gone? To be honest, um, there's a part of me that is. It just seems, it, it's, it's so much you. snappier just to have the tournament matches and see if they can actually, because I'm, I'm interested to see. If without the because with the preview tag team matches they were able to tell lots of the stories last year in the G one easier, <laughs> obviously they were actually able to add like another match to get into the story. So this way it's almost like the cha- it's a little bit more challenging to get the story in without those things. But what they've been doing is they've been they've been opening um, opening the cards with the young lion matches, and it's like all the young lions right now that they have are like. If they're not close to going to excursion, you know what I mean. Yeah, they're real. Those matches, some of the the, the night one of uh, of it, I, I can't remember exactly who they were now, which ones they were. I believe one or anytime, any of them, they're all good. The young lion matches, you can't skip them now. Yeah, like uh, they're just they're they're getting better and better, and it's like there was one like the, whoever it was the first night, it was. The, the finish was great. People were clapping for like a sustained period of time until the finish happened, which was impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'd rather have like, to be honest, um, with and the same on the same with the with with the uh, with the Tokyo Dome, um, at the start of the year there. Uh, why am I blanking on the name of the goddamn WrestleMania? I want to say it's Wrestle Fest. I can't even remember what it's Wrestle called. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Thank you. Uh, yes, the Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it's the same with that. You know, they have all those big multi Survivor Series like tag matches, but aren't Survivor Series like. But it's just a bunch. Like, not everybody 
on the roster has to be on the card every night. You know what I mean? Like, people can take right. a night off, and especially in that situation where the Tokyo Dome runs two nights for, for Wrestle Kingdom. And the same with this thing. The thing runs pretty much a month, and, uh, you know, ideally, and and it's a round-robin tournament. And um, so we don't need to, like, everybody's wrestling eventually. Just let them have their matches when their matches come, you know? Like, you know, yep. we don't need to see everybody every night. Like, you know, the idea of, of a tournament means, like, it, it, wrestlers are supposed to get tired if they, you know, on their third or fourth match or whatever, you know? The, the fact that they're wrestling other, every other night in a tag match doesn't make sense. It interferes with the purity of the tournament. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I think it makes it like if you have them storyline wise, it just makes sense that now they've had more time to recuperate between matches. So it'll be way more challenging. And the thing is, like, that's the thing about watching my my opinion of the G1 this year so far is that you can tell like they're, they've been waiting to wrestle with something with like a, with a lot of it excitement because there's been a couple matches at least so far where it has like that big match feel you always hear that term it feels like a big match feel but it it did it feels like the um i guess it was the 20th it was uh naito versus uh tanahashi and it's like it was a great match it was really really good yeah (laughs) and it was like when you watch this you're like and this is how, I guess, they're B-block, and that's how they're starting off B-block. And it's like, well, that's going to be a hard, they've set a high bar. Yeah, exactly. And, and so so I'm looking at that block now, and uh, is that, yeah, so I think this is the B-block. Is this So is this the B-block with uh, Kota Ibushi and Minoru Suzuki and Taichi? No, that's A-block. That's A-block, okay. And B-block is, sorry, let me just pull this up here. Um. Yeah, A block is, or maybe that's no, that's still B block. I'm B block. Ugh. B block got uh, like uh, Tanahashi and. Uh... Oh, here we go. Here's A block. I got. I'm got, got it coming up here. Um, oh, come on. The A block match like Ishi and Osprey are they in the A block? Uh, well, Ishii was in Ishii's A block. Okay. I think Os- I'm, I'm trying to think of where Osprey was. Um, Osprey looks like he's put on a bit of weight there. He looks I like think, he's uh, I think moving Os- up to heavyweight. Osprey's kind of my pick to win. Um, I know I'm cheering for Jeff Cobb. I always like Jeff Cobb, but he's already lost one. Um, but um, you know, I'm looking at the B block now. I have the B block. And, um, you know, when I'm looking at who's beat who, holy shit. Oh, yeah, I do remember hearing about this. Okada lost. Okada? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he lost. Who did he lose to? Well, I'm I'm trying to get my blocks up here, too, so I can see it. Bear with us, folks. We're getting this fixed up. I pulled a, well, fate pulled a reroute on us <laughs> when we said we're starting with the Road Warriors instead of going right into the uh, the G1. 
So, <laughs> so it's like, oops. All right, I hear. I got the blocks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the yeah, so the A block has, um, yeah, has Osprey, Takahashi, uh, Cobb, uh, Taichi, yeah. uh, Suzuki, Ishi, Jay White, uh, Ibushi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, so he, he, uh, Kota Ibushi beat uh, Okada, and uh, that's to me like that's well, that's de- anytime Okada loses, which is very seldom, that's an upset. But yep. that's what I love about this tournament is you can have an upset and it doesn't necessarily mean it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, and I love that they do this. Like, can you imagine if WWE did something like this? Like, you couldn't even take it seriously because, you know, they <laughs> just so many gimmicks, right? Like, I love Japan. Like, certain wrestlers might have gimmicks, but most don't. You know, like I'm not like I'm I'm not thinking, oh, this is Yano's year, you know, because Yano is definitely a gimmick wrestler. Um, yeah. You know, like I would say, I think who's who's gonna win? Yano. It's gonna make you like lift your arms and be like, what? Which is what Yano always <laughs> does. Um, you know, I I have my favorites. I like Naito. You know, um, I love Tanahashi, and that's you know like. Uh, that's already happened that match, I guess. Well, uh, okay. So I would say in the first night, right, the Suzuki versus Ishii was the the match of the night to me. Like I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Ibushi, the Ibushi match. So well, these guys, that, these guys are usually they're usually they're usually buddies, aren't they? Well, they beat the living fuck out of each other. It's incredible how hard they hit each and. Suzuki has, he's got to have the greatest forearm smash. It makes the biggest smacking noise. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else can get the same level. I remember watching him fight Okada one time, and people, it was like people in the audience were laughing because poor Okada just can't get that same noise, you know? No, the stone, what do they call him, the stone pit bull? Uh, yeah, Ishii? Uh, Ishii is pretty good at it too. That's the thing. So, like when you've got Suzuki and Ishii just bashing each other with forearms and stuff, it was just you know really hard hitting match. If you're into that kind of stuff, which I am, and I really liked it, it was really good. These I are... thought um, what you call. I thought the second night, I thought there was a Zack Saber match with Evil. Yes, which, <laughs> I love Zack Saber. You do? Um, I love Zack Saber. I think he's hilarious. Oh my god! For me, oh, it's I've seen him. I've, I've, have you ever seen him fight live? Have you seen him ever live in any of the shows? No, I've never seen him in person. Okay, because he is okay. Okay, because number one, incredibly good looking. Um, just like and like almost too good looking to be a wrestler, and he's just like you know he looks more like a basketball player perhaps. Um, <laughs> and he's it's just like to me like. He's so plastic man, like rubbery, where he like you put him in a move and then he just somehow smarmily weasels his way out of it and then he's like, Yeah, I'm out and like you're like that's not how it works. You're not supposed to do that, you know? And <laughs> and, and it's it just drives me insane. And also one time uh at the C V S in Reseda, I was at a PWG card. And him and Walter kind of butted in front of me at the counter, and I let him go. But you know, um, I remember that to this day. You know, 
So, and then him and Walter went out that night, and they had a match that was like the, my introduction to Walter, and it was everything I wanted to happen to Zack Saber as his chest looked like coleslaw by the end of the match. So, <laughs> fantastic. But uh, well, do you know what? I, go ahead. Well, see, here's my thing: is that for uh, the reason I like Zack Saber, is that I love I love reversals and submission y things yeah. and stuff like that. But for the thing that makes me most most pleased is when he loses and takes like a temper tantrum and like he's got to have one of the funniest temper tantrums in wrestling. Mm. And I also it just makes me laugh. I put him. It's weird because he's a. Everyone looks at him as a submission master, you know, a technical master, and I, I kind of look at him as a comedy wrestler. I always, whenever I'm watching him, I, I'm, I'm laughing more than when I watch. I like how they handle Toro Yano. Don't get me wrong. I mean, last year he was the guy who took out Moxley. Yes. Right. He was the guy who finally, who finally beat Moxley. So they had, when I first started watching New Japan, Toro Yano, I was like. What is this? I couldn't. I didn't get it. But then after a little, after a while, I started to find it more and more funny. And yeah. now I'm okay with it. It's like Taguchi with his ass. Yeah. Well, you know, like, how... didn't remember like Takahashi? Didn't he used to carry around a cat? Or does he still have the cat thing? Ooh, no. Is it Takahashi that has the cat? There's nobody with a cast right now. No, not a cast. A cat. Like a stuffed oh, yes. animal. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hiromu. He hasn't brought out that cat thing for ever. No, I know, but I mean, like, you know, but eventually they just drop the gimmick, and all of a sudden they're still a great wrestler. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So so like the first night, uh, you know, Takahashi uh, lost. Osprey won. Uh, Jeff Cobb lost uh, to Taichi. Suzuki defeated uh, Ishii. Again, that would have been like when you're looking at this lineup. I think uh, Ibushi Okada comes across as the best match on paper, but yeah, I would imagine that Suzuki and Ishii is right up there too. Like, talk about two guys you don't want to meet in an airport either. Um, yeah. I had a meet and greet with Suzuki. Uh, you don't really talk. The meet and greets with Japanese wrestlers are awesome. Because you can't really talk to them, so you can't really. There's no time to mark out and tell them your favorite story because they don't understand you. <laughs> right. So you just—it's a lot of bowing your head. You take the picture and then you leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the quickest uh, meet and greet ever. It's and I think it's awesome. So uh, I got a wicked picture with Suzuki, uh, which is great. I'd rather yeah, have. Only in Canada would you would a wrestling fan have a picture with Minoru Suzuki or a picture with David Suzuki. Um, <laughs> now Justin Gabriel uh, from WWE is uh, showed up, kind of a surprise, and uh, lost in his uh, first match in uh, Block Two uh, to uh, Yoda. Um, oh, Gabriel Kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, he's doing. He, so I guess what happened with him is that when the pandemic hit, he chose to stay in Japan. So during the uh, all the like you know New Japan Road and all the little things that they've had going up, 
he's been he's been able to fight the whole time. Cool. And it looks it, it if you watch how the fans are reacting to him now, it looks like like his stock is rising definitely. Everything like I keep saying this, anybody you see in the young lion matches, it's going to be a good match usually now. Yeah. For sure. Like it's it's lately they've been just getting better and better. Mhm. That's awesome. So then we start off Juice Robinson uh, is uh, with uh, Yoshi Hashi, and they have yeah. a match, singles match. And uh, how was that? Well, here's the thing. I don't like, for some reason, I know he's good and everything. I'm not dissing his, uh, his talent or anything, but Juice Robinson I don't care for. Me neither. And Yoshi Hashi, the, the neat thing about him was that he just recently won um, the never open weight, or, or not open weight, sorry, the never six-man tag team belt yes and that's his first title ever since he's come back from being basically mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool he is just finally it took him six years or something right to win a belt yeah 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 so for sure that's some perseverance and all the rest of it and people i remember when he came to the state and people booed him uh it just it just seemed mean i i don't even get it so i i like yoshihashi a little bit um, but whatever. I mean, that match, those guys, both of them, my Juice Robinson, I don't know how they're going to, if they're going to push him. They seem like they really like him. Yeah. But, you know, what's going to do? Toriano <laughs> versus Sonata. Yeah, it was so, more or less. Was the, okay, so what happened in that match? Well, that's for, more or less the same thing. As, if, if it's what I recall from the other one, it's more or less the same as with Moxley, where you're basically, he taped him to somebody, and that was the end of that. So See, nice little that pisses cheese. me off because I like, I like, uh, I like Sonata, and I, I like him since he's dropped his hair, like since mm-hmm. he's changed his hairdo and he wears it down, and he's got the beard. I just love the way he looks, and yeah. um, you know they kind of like they kind of with like Naito when Naito went out on his own, it kind of sort of you know well, let's split up Evil and Sonata and let. Each of them go on their own, and the evil's kind of doing that, and now Sonata's doing it, but he's not getting the push that the other guys are getting. And I guess no. that's just the way it is with factions. You know, you have the superstar eventually, and then, you you know, one guy sort of gets left behind. And But I just didn't think that Sonata was like, you know, the uh, the the road dog of their group, you know. Um, but I guess, oh, well, like, again, losing a Yano, ah, that, that would upset me watching this match. I know, uh, <laughs> and I will watch it at some point, but it's just like, oh, that, like, just reading that does not make me happy. Kenta defeated, uh, Goto. Kenta is, is awesome. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. The kicks were, the kicks were very impressive. He was like. He was throwing kicks into Goto that were like, you're just at one point, it's like, it actually got a little, it, it almost got uncomfortable. Yeah. It was that it was that hard hitting, but it was a good match. Definitely a Saber, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack Saber versus Evil. Yeah. I mean, that match, it has a, uh, it has a great little ending to it. It was fun. But I mean, once again, if you're not a Zack Saber fan, and Evil, I mean, it was interesting. Evil was a big shockeroo for winning the New Japan Cup and a big mm-hmm. shockeroo to win the double title. Um, I like the way he looks now. 
Um, what is he wearing? Is he is he is he is he still plushed in the purple velvet? Like, what is he wearing these you know, days? He's, he's got like more of a just a. Uh, he doesn't like when he first came out back after he you know went with uh, with Bull Club and all that. He's wearing like it almost looked like he had like a a steel dressy type thing. Okay. And then that's kind of gone now, and he's just black tight, like black. Well, it just, you'd have to see him. It's hard to describe. His hair looks. It's not like when he first came out again. He had his hair was all in his face suddenly. Now that's all changed again. So they've got his look looking better, which is good because it's important for the poor guy. That's part of. He's a neat looking wrestler. He kind of looks like I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and he kind of looks like an RVD. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like in a yeah. similar trunk set as RVD, he's got his hair pulled back in a high ponytail, with his hair down, uh, black. He, he's still wearing purple. Um, yeah, it looks good. Like it looks like a good makeover for him. Definitely different than what he was wearing in the past. And uh, you know, so he's so he's you. You also said that he's changed factions. So now he's he's just recently joined Bullet Club. Is that not uh, is that not true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned on uh, Los Ingrinables and and went with at the very end of uh, the New Japan Cup and went with Bullet Club. So he's now and then it basically was like going to be the evil era, but Naito beat him already for the belt. So yeah. Naito's got the belt. Naito wants to start defending the titles individually, so that'll be interesting to see what happens when people start defeating him in the tournament and they get an opportunity for a title. You know, will they choose the you know the IWGP or the Intercontinental? It'll yeah, be interesting. Exactly. Okay. So now Tanahashi Naito, dude, that was it. That was like a classic, classic match where this. I was just going to say how like these are the my two guys. These are my oh, two great. favorite guys, and uh, I love them both. Oh, man. Like, last Night time I was in L.A., low. I just saw Nido on the street, and we just said, and he had his tra- travel along. Like, he was just sort of walking down the street with it, and I was like, hey, Nido. And he just sort of, like, gave us the nod, and we just stood on the street and, like, on the sidewalk, and we just let him walk down the street. You know, we didn't bother him, <laughs> but uh, it was just so fucking cool, like, He's just such a great wrestler, uh, you know. I love it when he comes in this in the ring in that white Scarface suit or oh, the white suit. Love it in the white suit, or even if he's that's in, what he just did for this too. You know, the big that's like the big match sign when he comes out wearing the white suit. Yeah, I love and, it, and that's what he did with this. So when he came out, you knew it was like because also they were trying to set you. You got the impression because they moved so slowly and surely as they were as the match went on that they were really going to set like this is going to be we're just setting a tone here for this tournament. Yeah, and it, it was it, another thing too that I liked, and I'm hoping this kind of continues. Is last year during the G1 Tanahashi, one of the nice little storylines they kind of had going was he was like losing his confidence a little bit because he was lo- he was definitely losing a step. Yeah, you know. He was not as good as he had once been, and he was starting to feel the effects of this. And then that has branched out to his tag, his tag team with Ibushi, and you know he was starting not, he wasn't able to like hold up his end, and Ibushi was getting frustrated. But now you know Tanahashi's been fighting back and training harder than mm-hmm. ever. And now you know now he's got back Ibushi's respect, and he's fighting really great. And like the very first thing he does when he gets into the ring for this match is take his robe off, and he's just fucking ripped yeah like he's put himself back into like 
crazy shape. And so it was uh, right away you knew, okay, this isn't going to be a slaughter. Like Nigel No, isn't Ace is back. You know, yeah, like, it was like this is going to be a good fight, and it really was a classic wrestling match. It was really well done. There was a, a few times where um, I don't want to put, I shouldn't say any spoilers. It's all right. <laughs> I, this is we didn't guarantee no spoilers, and if it, and we've already we've already spoiled some matches already. So well, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I think is I guess Naito wins, obviously, and. and the thing about it that made it so great was that there was at least a couple times where you really did feel like they were building up to, Tama, to Tanahashi getting the win. Yeah. And it was like, it's almost, I haven't felt like, if I get that feeling in a match, it's just so rare where I, I'm i like, oh my God, he's going to win. Well, who knows? Normally I'm pretty cynical. We, and it's only one match. Then who knows? Tanahashi can still win. Like, Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, dude, he fought... They set him up. No one looked bad. Like if put it this way, if Naito had lost, he still looked great. Yeah. Like the match was wonderful. Both guys got over. There's no you're when this was over, you were like, Wow, that was a good match. <laughs> so it's not like um nobody really lost here except in the whatever the point system that they're using for the tournament. You know, and Tanahashi now won't be able to get a you know, a title shot at Naito for whatever reason. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, and it's so great to see the way things unfold out. And then we got night three, which has already happened. That was that was last night. Would have been. Now, yeah, I've only I haven't watched that yet. I the I've got up to the first match where I watched Cobb win. So you'll be happy about that. Yeah, he defeated. Yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. And then, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen the other matches yet. Well, at we all. won't. We won't. Well, we'll say what they are. So Okada is going to wrestle Takahashi. Uh, Taichi is going to uh, wrestle Suzuki. Osprey is going to wrestle Ishii. And Jay White is going to wrestle Ibushi. And um, <laughs> so they're all like so many great matches. Oh, I know. Uh, again, like this is probably as far as pure wrestling goes, this is the best thing going usually through the summer. And, yeah. uh, you know, as far as every wrestling fan wants to like see. You know, and 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 you know who's gonna win and who's gonna challenge at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, it's fantastic. Oh, it's so exciting, man! And it gets it as it goes, it gets even more and more exciting, which is the part that I like. Is that once it starts narrowing down, even and I love like you were saying earlier, Upset City. Like you, I'm actually trying to keep a, a tally of how many matches I've guessed right. <laughs> <laughs> how many, yeah. How many I've got wrong, and I'm I'm guessing I think I've I was seven and three going in. I got seven right and I was wrong on three, so it's kind of like the. Um, I love how they usually book everything. Also, you can you can guess a lot because they book stuff using logic. Yeah. But I and I love that they throw in the occasional curveball of a of an upset that just really throws you for a loop, and it's uh, once again. It's the best, I mean, every, it's kind of, you know, if every federation could rip this off, like. Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is doing a good job of it right now. Yeah, they're doing the pure title or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is a good, like, that's the thing is, like, when you look at the talent pool, say, somebody, like, the talent pool of WWE and how great they are, they could do an amazing tournament like that. It's something I just don't think is, is. it's just it's something that's 
not for WWE, I think it, NXT could do it and do yes. it brilliantly. And what would be, it would be beautiful. The only reason I say WWE is just because of the fact that if you could somehow take the roster, like the entire thing, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, just put the best of the best and into a block scenario like what they do and throw it out. But the problem is, is that it's a night, what is it, 18, 19 shows. Yes. <laughs> so it's a little excessive, I guess, but... Man, I just after watching it last year and going into this one, it, it, it's you know it is the best. And there's so many good things with New Japan all year round. It's the best subscription. If I had to get rid of WWE or New Japan, so long, so long WWE. Oh, I love New Japan. I wear, you know, I have my New Japan tracksuit and I wear my uh, New <laughs> Japan jacket on stage. And I love it. Like, uh, it's just like, people are always like, uh, oh, he likes wrestling. <laughs> this is what somebody said about someone. I think it was like Logan Avery Cooper who was on the show. His girlfriend's like, oh, my boyfriend likes wrestling. Oh, yeah, like like WWF? No, 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 no. He, he, he's really, betting. he he watches Japanese with stuff. <laughs> and they make it sound like it's so nerdy. But really, there's no better wrestling than New Japan wrestling as far as uh, the closest thing being to sports, um, where it has held its prestige as being real as can be. Um, you know, that's what I love about wrestling in Japan. So with oh, yeah. that said, we're not going to go farther because, you know... Um, we got to, we, you know, because we got, we're only on, we've only done three nights. So, you know, uh, in a further episode down the line, uh, we'll discuss more. Uh, we'll discuss more. Either I'll have Terry back or, you know, there are many New Japan fans out there. And, uh, you know, and we can always come on the show and continue the conversation. Maybe even do a Zoom and bring in uh, uh, Ryan Freed from Nova Scotia who's a comedian down there. He's come on and talked about New Japan in the past. I think we he did the Wrestle Kingdom review with me last year. So uh, maybe bring the three of us together on a Zoom and uh, see what happens with that uh, near the end of this tournament. And uh, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, the end, I think it's the last three uh, shows they're going to have English commentary live, which... That's the thing I do really miss. I wa I'm watching the Japanese. There's no English commentary translations until yeah. two days after. So I'm watching it in, with, with the Japanese, and I, I feel like, oh, God, I really wish I'd spent some time learning how to speak Japanese. <laughs> you know, Jesus. This would have made my life a lot easier. And I knew it was going to be like this because, like, you know, when I was younger, I really liked New Japan, so I should have prepared more. Craziness, craziness. Uh, of course, uh, you know who was huge in Japan? The Road Warriors, uh, yeah. legendary over in Japan. Um, you know, even uh, after uh, the Road Warriors were split up, there were different types of Road Warrior versions over there. Yeah, yeah, Hell Blazers. Uh, yeah, Hell Razors, was it? Yeah, the Hell Razors as well. Kensuke, so. Sasaki, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and Hawk. And Hawk, yes. And, uh, you know, so uh, I think that's a good way to go out. Uh, just 
you know, bringing it all back to the Road Warriors, talking a lot of New Japan here. Uh, Terry, where can we find you online, and uh, where can we uh, uh, see you? Are you performing anytime soon? Is there I, a, is there is there any way we can see you on uh, internet? Uh, let us know what we can do. There's absolutely nothing. I pretty much. <laughs> I know. I think your best. I think your best. I think your best seen live. Well, that's the thing is that I've always felt uh, felt the same way. And then the problem is uh, the shows that have, you know, it's just started up again. And you know how weird my act is. So one of the first things, like no club likes to start off like, hey, we'll do the first month and we'll throw Terry in. You know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you have to have it run for two, three months and get people kind of warmed up again before I can go in there and weird them the fuck out. (laughs) So I understand. So I'm kind of still sitting in the sidelines, but I'm doing lots of creative stuff at home that hopefully will translate into some of it will translate into live stuff. Some of it will be written stuff. Some of it will be songs. You know, you know, I've got my fingers and I'm, I, I'm shitty at everything. So I just do it all anyway. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm watching a ton of wrestling. That's what I do. Which is, which is awesome. We should all be watching a ton of wrestling at this time. And uh, that's what I'm going to go do right now. I'm going to go throw on... Yep. I'm gonna go see what the WWE Network is throwing up on the Road Warriors because they they should have the Road Warriors featured right now and a bunch yep. of their matches on, um, and uh, yeah. So that's what my plan is is to keep watching wrestling. Terry, thank you for coming on the show today, and uh, thanks for being here. And uh, for all you people at home, thanks for letting us uh, put a headlock on your ear. Uh, stay safe. Stay home. Wear a mask, stay hungry. All right, uh, we'll talk to you later. And uh, for Never Sleeps Network, I'm Keith Corbin. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.